0: You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery, and I have an action-packed episode for you. I know. I say it quite a lot. And it's one of my favorite things to say about the episodes because, frankly, this is like the highlight of most of my weeks is jumping on the microphone and having conversations with you all. This has been an exhausting couple weeks. As you know, for those of you who are following the show currently, you know, like linearly, like you are all caught up, I have moved into a new house. And we have been in this house for, I'd say, five or six weeks and it has been non-stop. Now, let me explain a little bit about why that has been. We were certainly under the impression that this house had been taken care of and was renovated in a way that was going to leave us happy with the home that we're in. And I practice extreme mindfulness of Gratitude and humility and integrity. So, I absolutely know that the life that I am living now, I am blessed to have. I was sending a Marco Polo to a friend recently who was turning 39. And mind you, I'm turning 47 in a couple weeks. And I made a comment that I'm turning 47. 47. I shouldn't even be alive. And I genuinely feel based off of my behavior towards the end of my active addiction that I'm very lucky to be here. And so when I look around at the life that I have been able to create for myself and the people I have been able to surround myself with, it is not lost on me that this is pretty freaking spectacular. So even though we've moved into a house where the people did some very cheap reno and now we're noticing all the little things, you know, the drywall not done right here and the cheap flooring and we pulled up carpet the other day and found linoleum underneath it. Like what the frick, man? So it's been trying and because of this, I've really not been able to get much work done over these last five, six weeks and I've left me rather exhausted. It's also left me very acutely aware of fixed versus growth mindset. I notice the people around me who wear the fixed mindset goggles, whose lens of perception is of the mixed mi- fixed mindset variety. Um, I might stumble on some words. I am rather exhausted back-to-back-to-back 12-hour days, and it is about 11 p.m. on a Wednesday night. So if I stumble a little bit here or there, give me a little bit of gravity for this one. But I didn't want another day to go by without this episode being shot. Okay, that was my little addendum sidebar. Let's get back to the fixed mindset goggles. People who will genuinely see the world around them through this haze of a fixed mindset. And this is a general statement here, because most people aren't going to see everything in their entirety of their lives through a fixed mindset. But it's absolutely apparent whenever it comes to certain aspects. Um, it could be about age. It could be about race. It could be about their education, their innate talents and skills, their abilities to do things. And so one of the topics I wanted to bring to this episode was just a brief overview. And I say brief, I've got in my head that I'm going to be able to get this done in like 20, 25 minutes. I absolutely, based on previous behavior, feel like this could turn into a 35, 45 minute diatribe on mindset. But it's it's been very noticeable very noticeable. And I think it really comes into play when you're working with people in the addiction recovery field that I do. And just hearing some of the people talk um, who are new into sobriety and the way they frame things, it's very apparent there where there's a fixed versus a growth mindset. Uh, It's also very apparent whenever you're doing home renovations Um, It's not just me. I've got multiple friends. I've even got family members who've recently done Reno. And I've noticed the way that certain people will talk about what's happening in their home and how it differs from perhaps their partner or their husband or their wife or a family member. I've definitely noticed it there. I'm also noticing it because we recently moved my girlfriend's son in who just the other day, turned 21. Now that was a hoot and a holler. Uh, Okay, give me another one and a half minute sidebar on this. So we take him to this place. Uh, where there's a cover band, and not the best cover band, but not the worst cover band. It was a fun cover band, and I'm telling you, I walk in there, and it's like biker night, so there's a bunch of people who rode their bikes up, and definitely the crowd I would have rolled with. I'm promising you. I walked into this place. I was like, home sweet home. I had been wondering where the dive bar was that people could get housed at in this city, and I was able to locate it, and it, it was this one particular place. It's called the Furniture Factory, and it's here in Huntsville and um i mean and no no shake at all to this place i mean it is it is a dive through and through and i'm telling you i felt perfectly at home there even just drinking my soda water no ice no straw no fruit that's how I order my soda water everywhere I go. Anybody who's ever had more than a few meals will see the pattern. Soda water, no ice, no straw, no fruit. I want it out of a little gun at the bar. I want it to be just the cheap stuff, right? Just give me my soda water. So anyways, we go there, 21st birthday. He has a few beers. He starts acting goofy. It's just funny to watch. Um, the whole thing was slightly comical. It's just watching somebody turn 21 and remembering my 21st birthday. Where I crushed through 21 shots before 4 p.m. was on like five or six hits of acid. It was a lot of acid um, and blew through an entire eight ball that day. I definitely gave myself alcohol poisoning because I went to a bar later on that night and tried to do another 21 shots. Um, definitely did more acid by the end of the day. Uh, let's just say that... His 21st birthday and my 21st birthday could not have been any further apart than the way that they played out, other than the fact that we went to a dive bar. So um, went to this dive bar, and that was a hoot and a holler. But really why I'm bringing him up is that he likes to bring up age a lot. And we're going to talk about age as this barrier, as this this fixed mindset people have, right? Because he's 21, so he likes to say certain things about my age versus his age. And it's just comical because every time he does it, I don't get mad that he's making fun of my age or my hairline or any of that stuff, I hear a fixed mindset and it concerns me because I know what a long-term fixed mindset can do to someone. So we're going to cover that in this episode um, and then we're going to round it all out at the the end and give you some things to be watching out for, especially if you are uh, a sponsor, if you're a coach, if you're somebody who's actually helping people in their sobriety and recovery, as well as if you're a parent and you've got some things going on in your own home where you're trying to raise children who are gonna be able to experience life through a growth mindset. So let's hop on in because I'm already eight minutes into this and I don't feel like I've covered anything. So (laughs) let's go. Let's first talk about the foundation for why I care so much about mindset. Long, long time ago, somebody introduced me to the Carol Dweck book Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. If you haven't read this book yet, I cannot begin to tell you how transformative this book is. Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. You absolutely want to go out and you want to read this book or Audible it, however you feel. And it talks about fixed versus growth mindset, that individuals with a fixed mindset believe that their qualities like intelligent and talent are fixed traits that cannot be developed Right? They feel like they need to prove themselves constantly because failure may define them. They believe talent alone leads to success without hard work. Um, this is going to be really important to bring back up whenever I get into if you're a sponsor, a coach, or a parent. Whereas a growth mindset, it was this individuals with a belief that they can develop their abilities through hard work, through effective strategies, through Uh, help from others and by helping others whenever it's in need, viewing challenges and, and failures. And again, it's more of a feedback session and less of a failure. But these are opportunities to grow and to learn. Believing that talent is just the beginning, that success is about lifelong learning and resilience. And you see this in athletes. You see this in the great ones, in the Tom Brady's, in the Peyton Manning's, the Michael Jordan's, the LeBron James, the Tiger Woods, the Rory McElroy's. I'm trying to pull more names out. I don't watch hockey, so I can't help you there. I'm not much of a baseball dude, so I can't help you there. Most Olympians are going to have a growth mindset because they're going to have had setbacks, and they see these as opportunities to put in a little bit more work and bust their ass a little bit harder. Somebody who I first started listening to back at the beginning of my sobriety and recovery journey, um, Gary Vaynerchuk and Lewis Howes. I was a big fan of both of them. After a while, Gary V, you've listened to him enough, you get the gist of his stuff, and definitely his his voice is still in my head. So I don't listen to him as much as I used to. But if you are looking for someone else to motivate uh, who is huge on social media, I would highly recommend Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Just do just growth mindset over and over and over again. He's very good at that. And so Dweck argues that, and I wouldn't even say argue, she brings to the forefront of our knowledge that adopting a growth mindset can lead to motivation and productivity and success because it's about putting in the effort, realizing that your, your inherent Uh, skills, traits, whatever you think that you were born with, you weren't. You picked it up along the way and then you put a lot of effort into it. I've said this time and time again, that I don't think that Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods was born to be a basketball player or a golf player. I don't think they were born these all-stars and these world-class athletes. I do think that they were potentially born with really good depth perception or hand-eye coordination. But these are things that even though they can sound like you were born with them, they're absolutely things that you can work on. And there's lots of different ways athletes do this. So I don't think people were born to play the guitar or born to be a pianist. I think it's something that they picked up. They might have an ear for it, but it's still something that had to be cultivated. So when we think about our growth versus fixed mindset in the realm of what it is we want to achieve in our sobriety and recovery, I want to highlight some of the language patterns to be looking for as you begin to really spread your wings and fly. And this is going to be some of the things that I have noticed working in the addiction recovery field when people are new. It can be new, old. It doesn't matter if they're day one or day thousand. And you know, I've run... I've been recently working at another addiction recovery place and um, coming across just the other day, sitting in a meeting with uh, multiple people who were day one, day three. Um, into their sobriety and and going through detox and things like that. And it was rather uh, just glorious, just glorious to witness these people who were at the time, in the moment, ready to to make that change. Now we know saying we're going to make a change and then actually following through on that change, that's the work. That's where you have the ebbs and flows. But there's ways that I could hear them talking that would lead me in that moment to say, okay, that person already got the right Eyes, already looking through with the right lens, right head on the shoulder. That one, their language patterns are concerning me. And it's something that to, to be monitoring as the, they're around and where I can offer some assistance. So let's go over some language patterns I want you to be mindful of. Um, are you attributing outcomes to innate qualities? Now, I just used the word innate when it came to Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods, right? This hand-eye coordination, this depth perception. These people with a fixed mindset, they will tend to attribute success or failure to inherent traits, right? Some might say, I'm just not good at math or I'm naturally a shy person. And this is a suggestion that their abilities or characteristics are fixed and unchangeable. I've said this before. You could take a bunch of nerds who love rockets, who sit there at a sports bar, super quiet and come off as introvert. Now take those Ross Gellers and throw them into a place where everybody's into rockets, everybody's into dinosaurs, and all of a sudden they become chatty Cathy's. The point is that where you feel comfortable in the environment you're in can absolutely determine how you behave. Not being good at math, I have literally heard people say that. And I'm like, there's a difference between basic numbers, algebra, geometry, and trigonometry. Don't even be bringing me no Pythagorean theorem. I didn't even know until like a year ago that they used that. Roadies literally used the Pythagorean theorem to figure out how to hang speakers at concert venues before the band comes on. Wild. Wish my high school teacher would have told me that. Maybe I would have cared about that damn theorem more. But when it comes to normal numbers, I can add, subtract, multiply, and divide like, like awesome. I'm even trying to come up with some clever thing to say right there. My brain did not come up with one. So I'm just, I'm good at that. But I practiced it. I mean, anytime I have a chance to do numbers in my head rather than pull out the calculator, I will. And I'll watch people get their phone out, pull out the calculator, and then put in the numbers and then be like, yeah. And I'll be like, 325. And then they'll look at the number like, yeah, basically. I'm like, what was the number your calculator said? they are like, 325. I'm like, so it wasn't, yeah, basically. You mean absolutely correct. <laughs> it's like, but it's something that I like to practice. So nothing is innate about you. There are things that you have developed into patterns, but it does not have to be the way that you label yourself. Those I am statements, I'm just not, I'm naturally, these are identity level statements when you say I am, whatever follows it, you are labeling yourself and labels are not beneficial. And we'll get into more about that later. Are you somebody who avoids challenges? Or do you know someone who avoids challenges? Someone with a fixed mindset may uh, express reluctance or even fear about trying new things or facing new challenges. I don't want to risk failing. I don't want to try this because I might not be good at it. I I agree. There are absolutely times where I catch myself just a little hesitant to take on something that I don't believe I'm going to pick up on quickly. I have to ask myself, am I willing to put forth the effort to really do well with this? I have been wanting to learn the ukulele for I can't tell you how long. And then I pick it up and I play it and it just doesn't seem fun. Now... Is it because I bought the big one instead of the tiny one so it doesn't sound the way I want it? I don't know, but it's not something that I'm willing to put in the effort. I don't think that I can't learn it. I'm just not willing to put in the effort at this moment, but it's not something that I think I, you know, some people are inherently amazing at playing the ukulele. It's something to be practiced. So if you're avoiding challenges or you hear somebody avoiding challenges, that's fixed mindset and it it can show up ever so slightly, but that's something to be listening for. The third one I've got on here, uh, do you view effort as negative? When we tell children that they're geniuses, and oh my gosh, look how amazing you are. It's weird. We downplay the effort and we upplay the genius or we make it sound like they were born to do blankety blank, 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 but that's not the case. And if we see effort as negative, then we will fail to take on things we think, will take a lot of effort to be good at. And this is really interesting, because the other day I was watching, I'd to fall asleep to YouTube videos on the most random of things. And lately, I'm trying to pick up my phone, and I just yanked a bunch of speakers all over my desk. The other day, uh, I started coming across videos uh, by this one particular person. Let me see if my phone will decide to pull that up, because I would like to tell you who this channel is, What If Alt Hist. So I think it might stand for What If Alt History, but it's just What If A-L-T-H-I-S-T. And the guy's got some pretty cool stuff, and I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but I go into it with a growth mindset, say, let's see what this guy's going to throw down today, and let's see what he talks about. And the other day, he was talking about why the world seems inherently, at this time in our phase of existence, unhappy. And he had mentioned that um, whereas not working uh, in the North America continent is something that's frowned upon and working hard is something that is given a lot of acclaim, whereas South America working hard and putting in a ton of effort is actually looked down upon. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I do hear the wide-sweeping generalization in there, and I've definitely had enough experience with the north and south american continent to know that there are people who work hard and there are people who don't work hard on both of those continents but it was interesting when he said that because i didn't necessarily say okay well that's his fixed mindset because That's him just discussing something over the course of 45 minutes about the entire world. What I did hear from that, though, was that there has been enough evidence for him to say this and discuss it in a video that if that's the case, that South America sees effort as something to be frowned upon and that hard work isn't something to applaud then all of a sudden you find yourself discussing an entire continent as if they have a fixed mindset. And again, the entire continent won't possibly believe that. But the fact that they have done things that would lead somebody else to perceive that leads there to be a deeper conversation. You can hear it also when we discuss generations. People will say, oh, these new millennials, you know, they don't know how to work hard. They're always staring at their phone. I remember people saying that about Gen Xers whenever I was young, you know, and now I look at all of us and we're pretty fucking hardworking people. So it could just be a phase of life. It could just be a perception that an older generation has upon a younger generation. But large, wide sweeping generalizations are a fixed mindset way of thinking. Because it's not all or nothing. But when we think about effort and we don't see particular people putting in effort or particular generations putting in effort, we're looking at them through a fixed mindset. Because if there were something that was, quote unquote, worth working hard for, they would work hard for it. I don't believe that we can just lump whole groups of people into boxes based off of perceptions we have from afar. Just be mindful of that when you start hearing people discuss effort, because somebody may not want to work really hard in the yard, but they might have no problem sitting down uh, in front of their computer and playing video games for 12 hours. Clearly, they all put effort into video games. They don't want to put effort into mowing a lawn. It doesn't mean that they're lazy. It just means that one fires them up more than the other. You still got to mow the lawn. We're not saying you don't mow the lawn. It's just don't be surprised if something that you're, you find enjoyable and the effort you put into it isn't exactly fed back to you the same way by those around you, right? Viewing effort as negative is a fixed mindset. Judging other people with wide-sweeping generalizations can also be seen as a fixed mindset. Defensiveness towards feedback are you defensiveness towards feedback? People with a fixed mindset often have difficulty accepting criticism or feedback and viewing as, a, as an attack on their inherent abilities. This goes back up to number one. If, if somebody attributes their outcomes to having these inherent innate qualities and then you give them feedback, it's almost like you've attacked them at their core. I'm listening to a book right now. Uh, shout out to Seven Drum City for introducing me to a book called Crucial Conversations. And I'm only in chapter three of it, so I'm not yet ready to bring it to you guys. But I'm absolutely thrilled that uh, one of the tribal members introduced me to it. Fantastic. Love it already. Just totally eating it up. And in this book, um, it talks about different ways. And I've lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that? Feedback, inherent. Innate, practicing, working on things towards defensive people. People with a fixed mindset can often accept criticism or feedback. So if you're having an issue taking on feedback, I'm literally trying to think about this out loud and and come back up with it. Is it an inheritability? Then I went back up and discussed attributing outcomes to innate qualities. So if somebody thinks, got it. So a part of this Crucial Conversations book talks about how back in the day, grandma might serve you some seriously awesome food. That's her perception of it. You taste it. She's like, How is it? She's not really asking, How is the food? She's asking, Do you love me? right? Because if you love me, you're going to tell me this food's delicious, even if it's not. And then if you say, well, I could use a little bit more salt. It's like, whew, "Drain color out of grandma's face. Now she's slamming things around in the kitchen. She feels like you don't love her anymore. She's taking you out of the will. She's dropping you off at a bus station with only a few coins in your pocket. Right? It's like, she went sideways real quick. Just tell grandma you love it. Add some salt behind her back. But that's the thing. If people can't take feedback or criticism, they feel like they're being attacked at their core. And then it's almost like they take on this, well, I always mess things up, or I guess I'm just not cut out for this kind of thing. It's just a plate of food. It's just one day in the yard. It's just 20 minutes on the video game system. It is whatever it is. Let me bring up the construction of the house thing right now. There are times where you go to put something together, you got to paint a wall, you got to fix some holes in the wall, it, you, whatever it might be. Things aren't just going to play out smoothly. You go to put together a bunch of crap all over a closet, like we had to hang this closet thing the other day. And the first one was not easy because it's really an entire closet system that is holding itself up on the wall by these metal, these pieces of metal that you drill into the studs. And the first one seemed very difficult to get in. But after that, the rest of them just seemed to fall into place. And it didn't go very, really smooth, but the difference between, oh my God, this thing is so difficult. We're never going to figure out what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong versus, okay, we're figuring this out. It's going to take a little bit more time than we thought. Oh, we got to unscrew these drills. Oh, we got to slide this thing over. Like some things did not play out very well. But a fixed mindset sees things as, what's wrong? It's not working? What's going to happen? Versus a growth mindset is, okay, let's just take a step back. Let's unscrew some things. Let's maneuver this down three feet. Oh, this thing didn't work out. No big deal. Let's slide that over here. It's a huge difference. And you can tell the energy. When you go to do projects with people, you can hear the words that are fixed versus growth mindset. And, we can jostle back and forth. You're like, oh my God, this again versus okie-dokie. Okay, okay, feedback opportunity, slow down, step back. Where are the instructions? Let's read it again. Because oftentimes it's through that hurriedness that we make mistakes. What was that um, power sentence? You know, it's a, that I said, it's a, life is humbling. I'm more present now right? Something to that effect. I've, I've had so many incarnations of this, but for the general, general way I say it to myself is, life just humbled me. I'll be more present now, right? Because generally if life humbles me and I make an error, it's because I'm off in Malala land or I didn't read the instruction booklet or I, th- I just jumped right in thinking I had it all figured out without at least taking a moment to make a quick little plan. It is amazing how many times I've gone to the end of an instruction booklet during this Reno projects and realized that I had just read page seven. I could have saved myself a lot of effort on page two. Just the other day, we went to hang up a bracket system for a TV and it's the... Because of the way the wall was built, because there's a stairwell on the other side, the studs aren't 16 inches apart, which is what they're supposed to be. Generally, when you build a house, you put studs 16 inches apart. While on the other side of this wall is a stairwell that leads upstairs, so this wall was built differently. The studs are not located normal 16 inches apart. Right In the middle, it's like a 22-inch gap. So, we came up with this idea of taking this piece of plywood that we got at Home Depot and painting it black, and then we were going to drill it in so that we would that so that the studs would be affixed this piece of plywood be affixed to the studs twenty two inches apart and like okay, you we know, painted the damn thing black and had it cut and spent thirty bucks on this piece of wood to do all this thing and as i'm going through the instruction booklet. Um, as we're getting ready to put this piece of plywood up on the wall and we're trying to figure out how to make sure everything's level and yada, 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 I get to page seven. And on page seven, it says, if your studs aren't 16 inches apart, go to Amazon and buy an extension. That's <laughs> like, you've got to be effing kidding me. Because on page two, it was like, okay, connect this thing to the studs. And the studs weren't where they were supposed to be. So it came up with this whole convoluted system with plywood and painting it and all this other stupid shit. It was such a pain in the ass. It took days. Days we procrastinated on this because we were just so not in the mood to put this damn piece of plywood up. And as I'm sitting there looking for other answers in this instruction booklet, on the back, it says, if you can't, get your studs to be 16 inches apart. Just go and buy the extension. And I'm like, God, you gotta be damn. And I'm just mumbling to myself about it. And sure enough, go to Amazon, type in the name of the, the product, and boom, there it is. And two days later, it's in our house. And hold it up on the wall. Zip, 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 zip. And the whole thing's done. I mean, we had the TV on the wall in like 10 minutes. It was ridiculous. So it was just funny to me that... If we just put a little bit more conscious awareness into what was going on, then there was some of this stuff could have been maneuvered around, could have alleviated some of the stress. And when we were having this conversation, because there was like four of us in the living room at the time, because we got some other stuff going on. So we had some people over helping us And the conversation went on. You know, I just took it through the growth mindset. I was like, oh, well, I was like, you know what? What do we learn right there? And some other people threw out some silly things and we all got a chuckle. I was like, yes, all of that we learned and read the instruction book to the back page, like just breeze it over, especially if you start running into some problems, uh, which have now become solution opportunities to the whole thing. So it was just, you know, and some people were in that project, the fixed mindset, I'm drinking from the growth mindset because you know what, it's going to get done. It's just how funny am I going to make it through all, all the little errors? We put up Zealand fans the other day. <laughs> it took... I swear at least three or four times of holding that stupid motor up um, because of little errors, little errors, because the instructions aren't clear and it's like really trial and error. And girlfriend and I are laughing about how we're going to come up with a with a um we're going to be one of these home repair companies we're going to call ourselves J and J and we were just going to sit there and argue in front of the customer uh, the entire time we were working on the project who's J was the first in the J and J um J and J fixer uppers we're going to call it and um <laughs> us we're gonna do some things and like okay here's where the stud is zoop, and straight into drywall no stud one inch over there's the stud and it's like there's just certain things we do where it's like we're just drilling holes until we what we're looking for we've got the putty off to the side because we know we're gonna make some holes where holes don't need to be and it's like okay i was like you know here's what we're gonna do we're just gonna measure we're gonna if we're wrong we're off by an inch i don't care just move it over to the, inch, to the right or left, whichever way we, we made the error. And then we'll just drop some putty in there, let that thing dry, sand it down, paint over a little bit. And then we'll just move on with the project. It's like, I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to get pissed off at myself for drilling a stupid little hole. It's like, no big deal. It's worse things have happened. It's one of my favorite things. When somebody something happens, and I'm like, worse things have happened in life than drilling an extra fucking hole in the wall. But it's, it's the growth mindset that gets me to laugh through this. And that's where we're going to finish up on this little list, all or nothing thinking a fixed mindset can lead can lead to this black and white thinking. If I'm not the best then I'm the worst. If I can't do it perfectly then there's no point of doing it at all, right? If you're not first you're last according to Ricky Bobby. Well, that's not true. If you're not first, you could be second, or you could be 17th. And yes, if you're not first, there is the potentiality that you could be last, but it is not a definite. And I get it. I get where he's going with that. If you're not first, you might as well be last because you sure as hell didn't win. But there are a point system for a reason in NASCAR, because at least if you don't win, if you finish consistently high enough, you're playing for the cup at the end. This idea that if you can't do it perfectly, then there's no point doing it at all, then I promise you this, I would never even try to begin a housing renovation project. And I say renovation, like we're over here doing magnificent things. We're putting up, like, changing out light fixtures and stuff. We're bringing in the pros to turn an entire bedroom into a laundry room. Trust me, I'm not getting into that wall and trying to figure out plumbing. YouTube can teach me a lot of things, but it's not going to teach me how to completely crack into a wall and create plumbing for a wash machine. It could teach me that. I just don't want to do it let somebody else do that. Better let a pro do something than Jesse Amateurville over here. I will watch a YouTube video on how to replace the string in my weed eater because I've got to figure that out and I'd never done it before. So I watched the little video and now I'm like, oh, okay, that's not too difficult. I intentionally even made the amount of Wire that I put in the weed eater shorter than I could have made it because I want it to run out soon, and so I can again take the thing apart and put more of the wire back in. Because I want to do it a couple times so that in the future I'm not cracking open YouTube every time I need to put new wire into the weed eater. I used to wear ties a lot, I haven't worn a tie, I can't even tell you how long it's been since I've worn a tie. And the other day, I was going through my ties trying to tie a um, double Windsor, no freaking clue how to tie a double Windsor anymore. That's somewhere in the unconscious mind, no doubt. And I think I got it pretty close, but I remembered that you can go on YouTube and people will show you how to tie knots. So I went and watched it and I did it and it came out great. And then I undid it and I was like, you know what? I don't think I need to put that to memory. Thank you, YouTube. I'll come back to you next time I need a double Windsor. There are things out there that we can watch videos and quickly learn how to do. And we don't have to find ourselves struggling to figure it out on our own anymore. We do live in a really cool age where information is available to us. So this idea that if you can't do it perfectly, then there's no reason to do it at all is ridiculous. Because there's absolutely ways that we can learn doing these cool little things that will just move us through our lives. So don't let limiting beliefs about learning, excusing behavior based on age, stereotyping capabilities, age as a barrier to opportunities. These are all fixed mindset. I mean, a fixed mindset can be extremely challenging for those of us in the world of addiction. And it could be around believing change is impossible attributing relapse to a personal failure, discrediting the role of effort, resisting help or resources, and seeing addiction as a life sentence. Just the other day, someone was like, oh, they're 32 years old. They're hopeless. I about dropped my jaw. I mean, there's a lot of things I I feel like I got to step in and say something about when I hear somebody living their life through the fixed mindset goggles. And you want to do that on your own time with your own life. That's one thing. But looking over at somebody else and saying that their life should just be written off because they're 32 years old and they're still struggling with heroin is fucking stupid. All right, I know for a fact that there are people out there in their 50s and 60s that are kicking that shit as of today. And there's also a 17 year old, no doubt, out there doing it too. Age is nothing but a number. It is not something that I am going to literally look at somebody and say, Mm-mm, that's too bad. Boy, I really wish you'd have started trying this back when you were 22. But what's your 29? What's your 37? You're 42? You're 51? You're 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 be whatever age you want to be. Don't live your life with a fixed mindset that there's no way out of anything. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe somebody back in the day who pissed off a mafia, Don, and found themselves with cement shoes, getting ready to be tossed in a lake. That person at that time that they are literally getting launched into the lake with 100-pound cement shoes on their feet, if that person in that moment wanted to say, hmm, I'm fucked. I'm going to die. That is an allowable fixed mindset because in that moment, I don't really know. I don't know. Maybe down at the bottom, you find a rock, and then you start pounding on the rock, and you magically get out of those cement shoes in under three minutes before your brain loses so much oxygen that it puts you into an unconscious state of mind. I don't know. So there are times where a fixed mindset, nope, this is just what it is, might be true. If you are not being launched into a lake by a mafia don while wearing cement shoes, there's a very good chance your situation is something that you can work your way out of. Time, effort, discipline, change, a lot of these things are gonna come into play, but it's effort. It's not like it's not available to you. So when you believe change is impossible, attributing relapse to personal failure, like I knew I couldn't do it, I'm just a failure. Let's also remember that lapse and relapse are very different. A lapse refers to a single slip, a momentary lapse of reasoning, if you will. Shout out to Pink Floyd, right? Just a momentary return to a previous behavior. Momentary lapse of reasoning. That's not moody blues, is it? No, I'm pretty sure it's Pink Floyd. Um it could be Moody Blues. Either way, shout out to them both. Single slip monetary return to a previous behavior that's a lapse a relapse on the it's a full blown going all the way back to you know back to the previous behavior, but you still didn't forget all the things you learned while you were sober for that amount of time or even if you were in recovery for that amount of time. so we're not viewing a lapse as a failure it's just a feedback opportunity for what can I do differently next time or equating a lapse with relapse i mean i've done a lot of research on this. This is this is something that I'm not just out here saying. This is a real thing. If you equate a lapse to relapse, then you are walking through a fixed mindset. Because a single moment of slip is not the same as going all the way back to living in the flop house or or, or stealing money from your parents in order to buy drugs. Like, yes, a lapse could lead to Full relapse, certainly, but you know we that's why we play it to the credits, okay, Maybe you had a beer too, and right? there's people in the tribe who might go a few weeks, and then it's like, "Oh, how to slip up, Okay, you had a lapse, but great, so now you've got now you're sober seventeen out of eighteen days, right now you're sober three months out of you know four months, whatever it might be, let's just reel it in a little bit. Believing a relapse indicates an inability to recover is just heartbreaking. If a relapse occurs and someone with a fixed mindset thinks that that is proof that they can never recover, it's like at some point, because they've already gone through the stages of contemplation and planning and action, they're going to come back full circle and want to go through recovery and sobriety again. But it could be years. It could be years. So let's just be mindful to understand lapse and relapse and how just are we labeling them the most beneficial way. I'm not saying lie to yourself. I'm just saying, be honest. If you slipped up for a couple of days and then you got back up on the horse, that's different than going off the reservation completely. So be mindful of discouragement in the face of setbacks like that. If you see addiction as a life sentence, then that's the fixed mindset. Once an addict, always an addict, bullshit. No. And if there's somebody in your life saying that to you, you need to sit down and have an honest conversation. I'm going to tear through, I swear, every time I go to pick up this book, I grab a hold of this Every time I go to grab my phone, I pick it somehow gets hooked on this wire and it drops on the computer. When I get through crucial conversations, I am going to bring some of this to the table and, and we're going to have a discussion around it because if there are crucial conversations you need to be having with members of your family in your inner circle about your journey of sobriety and recovery, I want you to begin to have those as soon as possible. Because if somebody is looking at you saying once an addict, always an addict, then that is not helpful. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Once a beater, always a beater. Once a thief, always a thief. That is not true. That is not true. You can absolutely teach old dogs new tricks. I absolutely believe that is something that is extremely possible, and it breaks my heart when I hear people say otherwise. So are you resistant to seeking help or accepting help? That's a fixed mindset in in action right there. Be aware of that. Do you have difficulty adapting to new behaviors and strategies? Why is that, right? New behaviors and strategies can be a bit challenging, but it's embracing the growth, understanding that there will be some coping, um, there will be a way to alter some of your harmful behaviors from the past, believing that you can develop skills necessary to maintain sobriety, to learn a new job, to go off and expand your inner circle, to make new friends. If you're di- having difficulty adapting to new behaviors and strategies, I can usually, in a coaching session, link that to somewhere in your life where you were told that if you're not inherently good at something, then you're not, then you're not good at it, that you're a failure, That you should start out right out the gate being amazing at shit. Well, I mean, for the life of me, I can't name anyone who is world-renowned for something who came out the gate just on fire and immediately good. Even these quote-unquote overnight successes we see in Hollywood or bands is not an overnight success. makes me think of the Black Keys. If you've ever heard of the band Black Keys, I think they got Best New Artist, When they had released like their fifth or seventh album. And that was the one that finally went popular. Best new artist, seventh album. That's how we're going to roll with that, huh? (laughs) Best new artist. Been around 15 years, but best new artist right over there. (laughs) Gray hair like he's don't have gray hair, but it's like you got some guy over there, 87 years old, getting best new artist because he finally had a hit single and he's been playing the guitar since he was 12. But he's best new artist. Um, Do you have a negative self-perception? Do you lack self-compassion? These are ways that a fixed mindset can show up in your life as well. And I just promised some things about parenting, and then we're going to wrap you up and get you out of here on this. Now, whether you're a sponsor, if you're a coach, if you're a parent, if you're in a leadership position, if you're a boss, if you're somebody who... That you're around people who potentially are looking up to you, asking you for advice and some stuff like that. I want to be mindful how a fixed mindset could show up in certain ways that you communicate with them, perhaps the way they communicate back with you. And so let's just run real fast through these five. Uh, first one, labeling. All right. Are you someone who labels your child or your friend or your spouse as a certain type of person? Shy, athletic, smart, the drunk one, you know the the you're always yelling, you're always screaming, be mindful how we're using labels, and then also um universal quantifiers, such as always and never, every, but when you start. Pairing universal quantifiers, which is you know, always and never. Oh, you're always doing that. You never do that. It's a word that universally quantifies a behavior. That's why it's called a universal quantifier, right? We're quantifying this behavior and we're using a very universal word. Always, never, that stretches you know, across the horizon. And then we use a label. Oh, you're always, you're always yelling. You're always screaming. You're always late, right? We be very mindful of the labeling. That's a fixed mindset showing up. And if there's a pattern, right, well, you know, one is happen chance, two is coincidence, three is a pattern. If you're noticing a pattern, then yeah, that's something to be discussed. A um, little bit of a foreshadowing when we get into crucial conversations here in the next few weeks when I bring that to you, because that was something they talked about, right? Whereas, like, one, okay. Maybe that just happened out of nowhere. Two, now we're starting to know. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Third time pattern. So be mindful. Are you using universal quantifiers like always and never when you're labeling people? And I'd say stop labeling people altogether. I had a shirt I used to wear in high school that said, don't label me. And then I would have people um, label me all the way as I walked down the hallway. Um, I was not the super cool person (laughs) in high school. And that desire to have friends and no longer feel like the odd man out is what led to my addiction in college because I just wanted to surround myself with fun people who wanted me around, and you certainly will be wanted around when you show up with a bunch of drugs in your pocket anyways let's go to number two uh believing traits are static all right, if you're a fixed parent, if you're a fixed sponsor, if you're a fixed coach boss, the whole deal I already covered all the this, at the beginning of this section, um, you might hold beliefs that, um, this person, this child, this employee, this person that you're a sponsor for, um, that their intelligence, their talents, that's static, it's unchangeable. And you believe, um, that you can somehow affect how they talk and respond by yelling and screaming or belittling. And that's, that doesn't work. We're looking for the encouragement side. Let's celebrate the victories. Let's use, go back to good, grow, great. I discussed this couple, God, it was a long time ago, probably like 30, 40 episodes, good, grow, great, right? Where you're like, oh man, you know, you did this really good. Here's where you could grow a little bit, but man, that was great. You know, saying to somebody that they're not a math person or they're not a sobriety person, they're not a recovery person, that they're not a good employee. Hey, you're not really good at that email or, you're not very good with technology, Right. You believe that these skills, that these talents, that these traits are static. That's not helping the situation at all. And that leads me to number three, focusing on outcomes rather than effort. We really want to notice effort here. A a lot of effort on anybody's part is just tremendous. In a day and age where we feel like a lot of people are half-assing their way through life, I think effort is extremely important. Yes, we want a particular outcome. Right. But it's some days, you know, like, what is it? You know, your best is good enough. You know, and I'm not even really sure I like that saying, well, your best is good enough, because it almost sounds like, well, I guess that's good enough. Right. But it's like your best is whatever your best is today and your best could be better tomorrow. But for today, let's celebrate exactly what you just achieved. That was effort. That was hard work. The outcome, it is what it is. Let's step back. Let's see if we can develop a plan to make it even better the next time. You can do better, and when we acknowledge hard work, when we acknowledge the effort that we put into things, now all of a sudden, if we were to lapse or if we were to tell somebody, I won't yell at you anymore, and then we scream at them the next day, it's like, okay, I'm putting in some effort, still got some work to do, but let's acknowledge the step forward. It's Too often times we're we're quick to betray someone's confidence by belittling them and tearing them down for the steps backwards and then just brushing off the step forwards like, well, that's what you should have been doing. Well, that's a fucking dick thing to say to somebody. That's just what you should be doing. It might be. People should be looking left and right before they cross a road, but if somebody who has not been looking left and right before they cross a road does it, and I've been saying, hey, you probably should look both ways before crossing, I'm going to celebrate that because I want to instigate a positive feeling and sensation inside of them so they want to do it again. This is what encouragement does, and that's why we'll get to number four here is neglecting constructive feedback. We really want to, here's the thing, as parents or as sponsors or as coaches, if we have a fixed mindset, we might be trying to avoid giving constructive criticism, fearing it might hurt somebody's self-esteem. But actually not being truthful and forthright with information can put them really in a pickle down the line because they might think that they've been doing something well and then no longer under your watchful eye, they do it in front of somebody else and now it goes sideways. And then then they're like, well, either this person's just being rude to me because Jesse would never say I wasn't doing great. He would have told me if I could have improved. Or now all of a sudden they realize that you were bullshitting them the whole time. You want to help people learn from their feedback opportunities right? Mistakes, accidents, whatever it is, because it's going to develop resiliency psychologically and emotionally. So we want to be doing the good grow great so that we can give people constructive feedback. Hey, you did this really good. Here's some areas that we can work on growing around, but hey, you did a really great job here. And I really want to make sure that I, I applaud you for that. And notice the words I use. Hey, you did this really good. We could work on this but hey, you did this really great. I notice that when I give the good grow great, if I if I um package the grow with a we, especially if I'm the one teaching somebody, I'm the one guiding somebody, because it's not just them that could be doing a better job in that moment. It's me and explaining it and getting the point across and showing them how to do it and in creating an image in their head so that they can see it better. Like where is my communication with them providing me an opportunity to grow? So I'll be like, you did this great. You did that good, but we can grow right here. I'm telling you, even if most of the work on, is on the other person's shoulders, It's still a we can do this really sets the stage for like, hey, well, let's discuss this right now. And it might just be me discussing what this person needs to do over the next three days. Go do that and come back. But we will be working on this together. I will be holding you accountable. I will be guiding you when you bring me the next results. It's a we can grow. But I love to put the you for the good and the great because it really allows them to be able to hold their accomplishments in that first person. I really want them to feel like they're holding up that metaphorical trophy. And then we also want to be mindful of when people want to avoid new challenges. Again, parents and coaches and and bosses and all that kind of stuff, you might feel the desire to discourage people from trying new things out of a fear that they might fail but it's like, oh, are you sure you want to try that? I don't know. Are you sure you're okay? I, you're not supposed to start to, you don't get a plant till you've been sober three months. You shouldn't get a pet till you've been sober blank months. You shouldn't be in a relationship since you've been sober this long. Shouldn't do this until you've been sober this long. That's a fixed mindset. There are reasons why people say that. But just blanket statement, you should not do this till you've been sober this long. It's almost like, well, you aren't really good yet yet. Let's just wait a little longer. There can be a conversation that comes in there, but I'm not one to just simply say, no, you haven't been sober long enough to get into a relationship. Have I noticed that people who do get in a relationship in that first 90 to a hundred days, having a smidge bit more difficulty because now they're trying to, um, work around somebody else's emotions while still figuring out theirs. Yes, there is a reason why people have said you should wait a year or so. But I know people who've been sober for three years who are like, nope, still not ready. And I know others who are literally married who can't just snap their fingers and be out of that relationship for a year while they get their stuff together. They've got to figure it out at the same time. And so encouraging people to take on new challenge, giving constructive feedback, focusing on the effort, believing that people's traits are fluid and can grow and releasing the labels and just being mindful to speak directly to the person for who they are without giving this wide-sweeping generalization of being shy or the drunk one or the athletic one or the hard-working one and just simply saying, wow, in this particular moment, I am just want to congratulate you on how hard you worked. It's really great watching your abilities grow throughout this process. Um, you could definitely uh, put a little bit more attention towards just focusing when it comes to the little things here and there, because I'm noticing a couple things that we can work on in the future, but overall, just absolutely great. Just great effort, great energy, great attitude. So happy you took on this new challenge. This has been amazing. What can we work on today? Like That's the kind of uplifting language patterns I seek to guide you to all begin to incorporate into your day-to-day language, vocabulary, vernacular moving forward. It's to me is hands down, looking at life through growth mindset goggles is just absolutely fantastic. I've given you a ton of fixed mindset examples today because I want you to be able to absolutely notice them in language, in the things that you see, in the things that you feel moving forward, not just in yourself, but people around you, because you can be the influence that helps somebody else say, you know what? I think I can figure this out. I think I can make this change. You never know when somebody's, looking toward you and thinking, wow, they're such an inspiration. I feel motivated. Maybe I'll stop drinking. Maybe I'll stop using. Maybe I'll stop yelling. Maybe I'll stop screaming. Maybe I'll start saving. Maybe I will put more effort in at work. Maybe I will be the one that actually starts the tough conversations. I'll be the one that picks up that phone and calls the relative or the loved one that I haven't talked to in years. You never know who's paying attention to what it is that you're doing. You can be the change you want to see in the world by literally behaving that way because people are paying attention. And now you're paying attention even more to where you might be walking around with a fixed mindset. Let's move you toward who you want to be, the person with a growth mindset, rather than being afraid of being the person with a fixed mindset. No, we don't want to live in a van down by the river, which is why we have a job. But I also have thought about having a job that provides me the opportunity to live in an RV down by the river because I can have internet in it. So maybe living in a van down by the river is not such a bad thing. If you look at it through a growth mindset, like, Hey, maybe I just want to be hobo Jesse for a day and go down there and, you know, play the harmonica with all the other hobos. Do people still, are people still hobos? I mean, I know that was a huge thing like back in the mid-1900s, but I don't know if it's still a thing now. Either way, there does seem to be a certain kind of freedom in that lifestyle. Maybe way too many cans of beans for dinner, but absolutely the freedom that only the hobo lifestyle can provide. (laughs) So everything imaginable can be seen through a... growth mindset if you choose for it to be. So that's it, my friends. Um, 54 minutes, huh? Way to go, Jess. And by the time I'm done editing this and putting in music, we're probably looking at 56. What did I say? 25 minutes at the beginning? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is the way we roll, we roll, this is the way we roll. So yeah, I've been noticing a lot of fixed mindset around me, and I just thought what a great opportunity it would be to bring this directly to you all today and have a quick conversation about it. If you're noticing this in your life, now you have some really great opportunities to crack open that conversation with somebody else, and maybe that somebody else is yourself. Just either way. Be gentle on yourself and realize that if you yell and scream and beat yourself up about this, you're actually in that moment having a fixed mindset, talking to yourself about your fixed mindset. <laughs> Much love, everybody. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine Glow On. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.